On your mark, get set, go. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Pain in the Techest podcast. Uh, this is the first time that we're recording during daylight. I don't know if that's because we're usually creatures of the night or uh, what the deal is. Oh, I'm your host, Nick Sheevy. <laughs> Hi, and I'm Jeff Trocchio. <laughs> and I'm going to stop rambling <laughs> I promise, maybe. Don't mind us while we talk about our lives. Um, so, last week when we were talking about... The, um, we were talking about Mobile World Congress. Mobile World Congress. Oh, and uh, Ryzen. Right, 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 right. So, I don't remember how it came up, but we somehow got on the topic briefly of uh, payment methods, and uh, in particular... We were t- we we got on the topic of EMV credit cards, and so realizing that they are some of the most uh, interesting and annoying and prevalent pieces of technology in all of our lives now, um, especially if you don't live in the United States, uh, that it might be something that we want to talk about. So Jeff is gonna give us some information about that and then we're going to talk about um other types of payment that are on the horizon so uh jeff tell us about emv chips and how interesting that sounds on the face so, so emv stands is actually a um it's not just a a word itself it stands for EuroPay, MasterCard, and Visa. So they're the three companies that created a standard. It is a technical standard used for payment cards, um, specifically debit and credit cards. Um, they are considered smart cards. So the chip that is included in them stores data, uh, both on the integrated circuit in the chip and usually a magnetic strip in order to be backwards compatible. Um, they do need to be inserted into a reader, um, and there are also contactless cards, which is a, a separate animal, but still uses the chip to communicate the data. That's where it's held. Um, so there are two different types of EMV chips, uh, chip and pin, which are uh, very prevalent in European countries, and chip and signature, which are the ones that are in the United States now that we've had our conversion um, to them, though you can still use magnetic strips some places. There are, um, the rules have not caught up in total. However, uh, at some point, everybody will have a a chip card in one form or another. Um, There are a lot of... uh, they still com- they still allow for card not present transactions so if you're buying something online um, you can still use that chip card it still has a number on the front and you can still uh, purchase things though in this article uh, that I am reading it says between 40 and 60 percent of online transactions are fraudulent which I find pretty that's impressive. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Visa and MasterCard have tried to combat that by registering cards with, you might see, v, uh, I believe it's called like Visa Pay or something of whatever. It registers the card even if it's a, um, even if it's a debit card or something of that nature. It uses um, a certain type of authentication using an account rather than just your card number you register your card number and then anyway oh okay sidebar no that's interesting sidebar. so that i've always thought that visa pay was just another competing product to like paypal or uh you know google wallet or what have you and we'll get into that stuff later but uh so what you're saying is v- the visa pay is supposed to be a means of 
security correct it uses um they call it cap for secure e-commerce it's a it's called the chip authentication program that is mastercard and then visa has dynamic passcode authentication so those are the two different types of uh, technologies they use to allow those chips those chip cards to be used on the internet using their respective brands so visa pay and mastercard whatever it's called i don't remember now um so uh, a couple of things people are always talking about you know security and magnetic strips and the whole purpose of these chip cards is because there there's more security in them uh based on the fact um that with the magnetic strip cards you could buy a machine for i don't remember the exact cost but it's somewhere reasonable that a fraudulent person could go do this and you basically pass a known good credit card through it it reads this magnetic stripe information and then you could take a blank card and it would put that information onto this new magnetic strip card with whatever information you want on the front of it, it doesn't even have to have anything at all if you don't want it to but right because um, uh so the, the traditional credit card, those magnetic strips, the data isn't encrypted. It's just there for anyone who can actually read it to do so. Correct. Um, so the the chip cards do offer some security, and the terminals do have to maintain that security in order to read and process the credit card. Um, so there's... Uh, I have a list of the transaction flow. Like, I mean, it's there's 12 things that the card has to go through in order to make a purchase, which is why it seems like it takes so long, I guess, um, even though I don't think it does. But anyway. Um, the well, it is objectively much longer than it takes to swipe a magnetic strip. Um. Yes, but due to the purpose of the card, which is to not allow it out of your sight, um, that realistically that is the purpose, although it doesn't work like that here in the United States. Um, what, now, what do you mean? Why it, um, when you go to a restaurant, um, I'll, I'll take, for example, since I'm an international traveler, a.k.a. I go to Canada, uh, and they have this technology that is not that is um chip and pin not chip and signature right uh, they've had it for many years my wife actually is was very confused the first time she worked here and they took her card away uh, they bring a machine to you and you plug your card in and it tra you know it provides the transaction in your in front of you the card never leaves your your person um so that is the that is the point. They can't take it. They can't take it away and swipe it through one of those magnetic, you know, reader writer machines and then give it back to you. Oh, thanks for the you know, one thousand dollar paycheck. Right. Um. So, realistically, that was the point of the the chip, and not to mention the additional security of the chip. But you know, it allows you to to you plug you plug it in there, and then you enter all the data you want, and then you pull it out. Whereas before you just, you could swipe it and, you know, and what what was all the, the big rave was those people putting the, the little readers on the outside of ATM machines. So it would skim your card as you put it in. And then the skimmer machine would have like thousands of ATM cards on it. And people would just, you know, go write a whole bunch of ATM cards and then have a field day. Um, so... With the chip, you can't do that because it's, it's expecting the chip. It's expecting, you know, the data and the cryptographic nature of it to be reported by the machine. And, you know, it's the, the, the card or the chip in the card has a signature. The, the signature is then passed through to the wherever the ATM is going. It, the, the ATM machine doesn't even read it. It just sends it away. So that's the other thing. 
it's not keeping a a record of the cryptographic information on the card. So um so this there's a whole bunch of benefits, there's a whole bunch of, you know, people saying that it's it's not great and it's slow and all this stuff. So um the difference between uh the two types, the chip and pin versus chip and signature, chip and pin um is more secure because even if you were to get the data off of the chip, it doesn't contain your PIN information. So the person would still need to know the PIN in order to make a purchase with the stolen data, uh, which makes it much harder. Right. Whereas chip and signature doesn't really matter. You s- stick the chip in there and you can sign whatever you want. It doesn't, you know, makes no difference to the card because it doesn't know what your signature is. Um, so that's why the U.S.'s version is kind of still shitty. Um, but it's it took us this long, so hopefully we'll get there someday. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, there's a whole bunch of the um, the protocol between the chip cards and the readers. It can uh, it can give instructions to the card via the bank, so. Um, it can send a verify. It can send a pin change. You know, obviously that would be at your bank. You'd be able to put your chip card in, and when you, if you want to change your pin, you can do it as long as you have the card in there and all this. Um, yeah, but there's a whole bunch of things that that it, you can do remotely, having the card plugged into the machine. Whereas a magnetic stripe card, you couldn't do those things because it's a smart card. So. Um, but yeah, the transaction, I'm not even going to get into the transaction flow because it is just so involved. It's incredible. But, um, so the vulnerabilities, we'll go over those real quick. Um, so apparently a, um, let's see, Cambridge University in 2010 demonstrated that the EMV is vulnerable to man-in-the-middle. And what that means is a device in between your card and the reader. So, obviously, if you're... Apparently, it did happen. A whole bunch of um, machines were, were built in China at some point and they were sent to many different businesses and this company in China was recording all of the information through the um the pin entry device the terminal and then sending all the information to somebody in Pakistan so that's fun um so those need, you know, you have to obviously know where you're getting your machinery, and most companies are getting them from appropriate places and not from places that are having that have built in skimmers. Um, sure. The, um, well, those built in skimmers really subsidize the cost of the machine, so. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so, but again, with the pin. With the pin, you can't really, or without the pin, you can't really do very much. So even if they did skim the the chips information, it wouldn't make any difference if they didn't grab the pin, which was the whole point of sending the pin information. Right. Anyway, um, so the uh, Shell had an issue in 2006 with their filling stations. Uh, this looks like it was in Europe somewhere, because obviously we didn't have it here. Um, One million dollars in total was stolen from customers by them, by their EMV authentication not pr- processing correctly. Um, but again, this is these are things that are taking place on the back end somewhere. It's not going to be some guy swiping your card. It's going to be some corrupt person inputting code into a piece of machinery that they bought in order to 
do business. So it kind of changes the, um, you know, changes the, the outlook. It changes who's, who's going to get in trouble more than, you know, it's not just going to be one, one or two consumers. It's going to be the business that's running all these credit cards. So that's not really, doesn't sound too great. Um, the, so those are the, those are the issues. The, the security still is higher than a magnetic strip, which is the whole point, obviously. Um, and it does take longer, quote unquote, because of the extra checks and, uh, crypto information on the card. But that is, uh, that is the deal with EMV. That is the deal. <clears throat> well, that's really interesting. And, uh, I mean, there was a lot, like you said, when, in, when we were talking before we started, uh, there was a lot in there that I already knew about. Um, but I didn't know that there was the man in the middle attack, like, like you were talking about. That's, that's just crazy. I mean, that, that takes some serious, uh, Take some gold. Yes, it does. To to go and build machines with the express purpose of going. I mean, hey, I, I people do anything for money. I get that, but that's for damn. sure. The um oh the other thing that I wanted to mention um that I knew because of my wife because she had told me all about it um after Canada went EMV only transaction. So do they get rid of the magnetic strips entirely? They still exist, um, but they they are not processed in any um, any ATM or any on-site location. Interesting. Like it's only it's only used as a backup. Um, so this is this is the quote right here. Like totally amazing. Over a five-year period post EMV migration, domestic credit card present fraudulent transactions significantly reduced in Canada. Debit card fraud was reduced 89.49% and credit card 68.37%. Wow. Now, if that's not a reason to convert, I don't know what is. Yeah, but that's still your... um, It's still a different system. I mean, like you said, when you have the people in the restaurant. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't trust your waiter at the restaurant. But, no, no, of course not. Uh, if you do have someone who's going to steal your credit card information, you're giving them the opportunity to do that when they have left the room with your credit card. Correct. So, yes, the chip and signature is better than the, mag- the magne- magnetic strip. That pretty much is undisputed, but... Uh, it's definitely not the end all be all. No, for sure. Um, so, I mean, we will continue to see how things develop. I think that the whole idea of switching to chip and signature instead of chip and pin was to kind of like help people move from the old system to the new system more smoothly because they're used to signing for stuff instead of having to enter a pin right um i mean do you know whether they went straight from the the old like magnetic strip with a signature to chip and pin in places like canada or did they Um, was it did they have a different system beforehand it just says that it stopped using non-emv transactions in 2012 that's pretty incredible yeah it doesn't say anything about um specifically chip and pin but um it does say that canada is a chip and pin location so i'm imagining they probably just went right to it Mm -hmm. granted the 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 overall um user base is much smaller than the united states so this is true but it's just as diverse of a country um, Correct. And arguably more diverse of a country than we are. I mean, it's not as though, I mean, maybe we are more simple. But, I mean, Canada is no tiny country uh, by mm. any means. Uh, we should be able to do the same thing. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so that is really interesting. Um, so I think what's really I don't get was it was law in the United States that all retailers are were supposed to have switched over to accepting EMV as of October 2015. Um, and you can still go lots of places that don't accept uh, EMV payments. Uh, and I and I realize that there's it's it's more complex than that. I mean it, it entirely depends on the size of the retailer, but I don't know why consumers aren't demanding this more. I mean, I realize that they, it's sometimes frustrating if it sit, you have to sit there and watch it go, and you said it has a 14-point uh, flow of every transaction. But So I think that the difference is it's just a different um, demographic, really. Here in the United States, we're like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Come on, hurry up, go, hurry up. Then we don't care about security until we realize that, oh, my money's gone. And, you know, when you're in a different demographic where they're like, you know, talking to people or something, I don't know. Um, what? You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter so much. But, I mean, f- for, for instance, say I take my debit card, which has a uh, chip in pin specifically because it has a chip and I'm using a pin because it's a debit card and I plug that into the machine at my grocery store wherever that is mm-hmm. I still have to go through all the steps the card just is in the machine the whole time instead of you swiping it it doesn't matter it's not taking longer it's taking the same amount of steps so the fact that you're saying you know if you're comparing it to swiping my card and a piece of paper comes out that I have to sign that's totally different and totally, you know, you're talking about apples and oranges here. You're not talking about I'm using a chip and pin and I'm using a chip and signature. Like, the point is the security. The point is not the speed. If you want speed, then just bring cash and shut up. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, and, and I know that, I mean, this is a conversation that you have in my field a lot is that, you know, you have a trade-off between... Uh, security and convenience so you might have to go through an extra number of steps like for instance I use two-factor authentication on a lot of things that means it takes me a little bit longer and there's a little bit of an there's there's an extra step for me to get into my Google account or to get into my cloud account but it also means that I am the only one who's getting into it unless you also have a way of getting my phone and getting into my phone and getting the uh, one-time code from that when you want to log right. in. So it you're completely right. Um, it is it is in many ways just a matter of that trade-off between convenience and security, and people need to get over it. Yep. Um, however, there are other options. Okay. There are. There are. I'd like to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, things like Android Pay and Apple Pay uh, also exist, and Samsung Pay, for that matter. But that's an entirely different uh, animal, actually, Samsung Pay. So, it is, yep. we can get into what both of these things are. So, first of all, Android Pay and Apple Pay, they both rely on the same technology called... NFC, which stands for Near Field Communication, which today I learned is a type of RFID, which is the technology that was used in the credit cards that you were talking about with uh, contactless payments. Correct. And that was around before uh, the smartphone payments, the mobile payments. Um, And it was around before EMV as well. Um, it's definitely it was definitely around before I ever saw one of the direct contact chips on any credit card. Um, yeah, I believe I believe you're right. Though I don't, 
it was still coming from a chip inside. I don't think it was readable, though, out on the outside. Right. So anyway, uh, NFC, there is a chip in most smartphones these days. Um, we were talking last week about how the Moto G doesn't have NFC and what a huge bummer that is. Um, it It's not... I don't even feel like I use mobile payments that much. I don't rely on it. But at the same time, it's really nice to have, and it's a lot more convenient and secure than using the magnetic strip on a, get, on a credit card. So, right. And, I mean, who doesn't have their phone with them all the time? Well, exactly. You, you carry your phone with you all the time. You feel naked without it. I mean, I've I've walked out of the house without my wallet a couple of times in recent years. I don't think I've ever left the house without my phone. Nope. So, the way that this works, and I'm not going to pretend to be able to get into, <clears throat> like, the complicated uh, technological way that it works, but in simple terms that I can understand... It essentially, you have a secure element inside of the phone. And uh, for example, in the iPhone, it is a physical chip that is specifically manufactured to be a secure element. And what this, what this chip does is every time you go to make a transaction using your phone, it generates a secure token that tells the credit card machine yes it is me yes you can uh, you can process transa- this transaction and here is this token to prove that that's the case and every time you make a transaction it's a new token so even if someone were to somehow get a hold of that information in the middle of a transaction, if they were able to skim that information off of your phone, which they're probably not going to be able to do anyway, because your phone needs to be unlocked, and you generally do that this day, these days using your fingerprint, and you have to be within a couple inches of the actual point of sale. Um, right. So people can walk, you can, you can have a machine that will walk around in your pocket and try to siphon off that information from someone's phone, but you really are going to have a hard time, A, even finding a phone that's unlocked in someone's pocket, getting close enough to them without them noticing that you're getting any information from them. And you, even if you do get anything, it's not going to be usable to you. Right. So that's what's really cool about this system. And it is growing, again, with the same, it maybe about the same amount of speed as EMV is, even though EMV is the law. Um, uh, NFC payments uh, became more popular in Europe just after they introduced EMV. And they think that it's because people grew tired of having to do that. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's like 10 seconds. It's not a long time by yeah. any stretch, but by comparison to when you use a, when you use NFC payment on your phone, you tap the thing to the payment terminal it prints out the receipt, and you're already on your way. Right. Okay. Um, so, it is faster. It's You don't have to... You can, you can put as many credit cards and gift cards as you want into it. Um, my wallet is enormous because I carry around all of my credit cards and rewards cards and gift cards and try to have some cash in my pocket. Every now, <laughs> and it's it's awful. It I certainly I have to keep it in my front pocket. If I kept it in my back pocket, I would look like I was lopsided. I, <laughs> I 
<laughs> the you'd be bre- you'd be breaking a hole in your pocket. I, I would. So the fact that you can have all of that on your phone is really great. It's just a matter of everyone accepting those. So here's the thing: a lot of places already do. It just you don't realize it, and the. The payment terminal doesn't look... It doesn't have, like, the big growth coming off of the top of it anymore, necessarily, if you're going to be making one of those payments. If you see what looks like a Wi-Fi icon on the payment terminal, then more than likely it accepts mobile payments. So if you have an iPhone that is iPhone 6 Plus, you can't really say Plus with these phones you have to say i guess and up iphone 6 and up have <laughs> nfc <laughs> right and you can make the payments on those and any modern android phone or i guess no the one plus two didn't have nfc the moto g5 doesn't have nfc but more often than not it does and it's really easy to figure out if it does you just open up the menu and type NFC into the search, and if it comes up, then it's there. Right. Um, so that's that's that. Um, and then there's also uh, Samsung Pay. This is going to be a long episode. There's also Samsung Pay, <laughs> which... It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a lo- We're already 36 minutes in, and uh, we still have a lot to talk about. There's also Samsung Pay, which uses witchcraft to... Like, legitimately? I'm pretty sure. So, what it really... Okay, what it really does is it sends electronic pulses out of the phone in order to make a transaction using the magnetic strip reader in the old-style magnetic reading machines so so you're telling me that it sends an sos to the machine in the form of the card number so that was what i thought at first too and i said haha nope um (laughs) but it turns out it's somehow doing i think what they do is it is a uh temporary number like a uh emulated credit card Okay. So, your real credit card hides behind a fake credit card that is generated by Samsung in order to make this transaction. Gotcha. So, yes, it uses it uses electronic pulses to talk to a old piece of technology that essentially the only way that it knows the only way that the magnetic reader knows how to interpret information is if you straight up tell it. It's not decrypting anything. It just sees a magnetic strip in the traditional sense and reads numbers off of it. And it is, you could, if you had a credit card reader and it connected to your home computer and you had Notepad open and you swiped a credit card, it would put your credit card number into the text file. Okay. And that's... But it's not actually your credit card. It's a generated one. In the case of Samsung Pay, yes. In the case of of Samsung Pay, it's not your credit card number. It's a fake credit card. So that's the way that that works. Um, It's not as secure, in my opinion, because you're still... I I, I don't think that anyone is going to be... Walking, I mean, your your phone still has to be unlocked in order for it to make those transactions, and you use your fingerprint to authenticate before it'll send the information out. So it's still pretty good, right? But if someone were close enough to siphon off that information, then they have your bear, or I mean, it's not. It's not your credit card number, and maybe every time uh, Samsung generates a new one, I'm not sure, 
Um, but it is a number that's directly associated with you. It's not like a one-time use encrypted key, as, right. as with the case of uh, NFC payments. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's great in that it works everywhere, and you can stun the barista at Starbucks when you use it, even though they don't accept NFC payments. But that, I don't know. I, I, I have a Samsung Galaxy S7 for work, um, and it, I've never used it. I don't really care to. I just right. use my Pixel with the NFC. I, I mean, I go to restaurants, and m- most of the time I can make the payment using uh, Android Pay. If I can't, I'll use the chip. And right. more often than not, that is going to pretty much cover me. I, it's actually been a while um, in, in, in my memory. I, I, I can't think of the last time I actually used a magnetic strip. So we're making progress. Yeah, we are. One. I can agree with that. Yeah, we are. Um, one other thing um, that I wanted to talk about is... This thing that I foolishly so, <laughs> um, I I like I like gadgets and things that seem really cool to me. I'm gonna jump on board really quickly without thinking. Right. Um. I don't even remember when it was now. Um. That I purchased, paid for, really. Um this card called plastic now you may also have heard of coin which was another thing similar to this that promised to be a physical card that you could pair with your phone and choose which credit card you wanted to use of your real credit cards and then use this other card as a surrogate for any of those other cards, all of your real cards. Um, and that's what Plastic also promises to be. So they have, they've been prom. It, it's, the thing is, is it's, I think $150 is how much I paid for it. Um, and they were saying that it was going to come out by the end of last year. And... It's March now, and I haven't seen it yet, because when the time came that they said that they were going to launch, they said, oh, wait, no, we have to push it to quarter two of 2017. So I'm still moderately hopeful. I mean, this company goes to the big conferences. They were at CES. Um but we'll see if it ever comes out. I've heard that they give refunds if people get, become impatient, so I'm trying to stay positive here. Because what this thing is, is I could get rid of my big wad in my pocket. It'll... <laughs> it is a single card that has an e-ink screen on the front, that you can use to swap between 20 different cards that are stored locally on this device. I mean, I, I have a hard time calling it a card. I mean, it looks and is shaped like and is the size of a credit card, but it is, if real, a very sophisticated piece of technology. Right. And this is the one that has to be within distance of your phone otherwise it turns off or whatever yep it locks um and you can't get and it also has a pin number um well no i don't know i can't remember now if because you can use it in in restaurants so maybe i'm misremembering whether you actually have to be within a certain or maybe it's after a certain period of time that it locks um but I do remember it does. It is connected to your phone, so you can you can store twenty cards locally that you can sc- scroll through on the e-ink screen. It has a pin number, so that you actually get into the card 
to make that decision and then swipe it or whatever. So it has a magnetic strip, it has EMV, and it has NFC. It'll do any of these things and it's connected by Bluetooth to your phone. So in addition to the 20 cards that it's storing locally, you can store any number of cards in your phone and swap those out with the cards that are stored on the card, the, the, the plastic card. Um, if you know that you're going to be going to, I don't know, uh, let's say you have a, let's say you have a uh, rewards card for a casino, you don't necessarily keep that on the card all the time because you hopefully aren't going to the casino all the time. But if you're if you know that you're going to Las Vegas or you know that you're going to the casino near your house, you can swap that onto this card and use it when you get there and then swap it back out into your mobile wallet on your phone and switch that back out with the, you know, grocery store rewards card that I'm hoping you're using more often. Right. I think I think my problem with it is that it can hold 20 cards. I'm like, I can't even think of what are the other 15 cards I would put on there. <laughs> well, I mean, look, look. So, okay, <laughs> I have I have three credit cards. Um, okay. that I use for various reasons, debit card, and then a Target store card. So that's five. And then I have my Shell Rewards card, my self Safeway Rewards card, my Hotel Rewards card, my Giant Rewards card. Oh, see, I'm not thinking about Rewards cards, that's why. My I have gift cards in my wallet. If I, I don't know if I could use it. This is This would be the the absolute winner for me so i have uh dc has a metro system that has a contactless card that's now required um they used to sell paper cards for the for the dc metro now everyone has to get one of these plastic cards and load it up with money if you want to ride on the metro i mean i live here i use it all the time and i keep it in the front pocket of my wallet because I want to be able to use it through the front of my wallet. It's got it's an old card now. It doesn't really work anymore. But mm-hmm. if I could put this onto that thing along with everything else, I have a Wawa gift card in here, a PacSun gift card. I mean, at this point, Jeez. we're looking at all this stupid plastic that I'm carrying around mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have to be. Right. And it would be stupendous. I mean, stupendous. stupendous. Because then at that point, I just carry around that one card and my ID and maybe, you know, 20 bucks cash or something, and I'm done. And I don't have this big old wad of plastic and leather taking off. I, I, it, it would be wonderful. It really would be. So there's that. And one last thing that I wanted to touch on that I know you don't have any experience with or so you said maybe Mm. I misunderstood um, is fully electronic payments so your Snapchat yeah well yes so you have PayPal and you have Venmo which are like the more mainstream versions of this I've done I mean I I have PayPal but and I've used it in Home Depot before, but that's about it. You've used PayPal in... Well, I didn't know you could do that. Yep, you can pick it right from their terminals. Here. Huh. Well, okay, so I wasn't talking about using it out in Meatspace. Gotcha. I'm talking about when I go out to dinner with friends, it is a hassle, particularly with places that don't want to do individual... Uh, receipts or individual they don't want to split the bill they don't want to split the bill and they only accept a like limited number of forms of payment right so what we'll often do is we just say screw it one person pays for it and then we'll pay everyone back well no one a carries cash anymore i already told you i don't i mean more often than not there is zero cash in my wallet 
by coincidence right. right now there is cash in my wallet but normally there isn't um oh i i don't carry any myself so i mean it, it, you don't need it anymore in in almost every case you don't need it anymore um so i mean there are people that'll tell you that will probably not use it anymore in maybe the next 50 years so that's within our lifetime we may never we may see a point in our lives where cash is no longer something that's used hey let's talk about not using cash canada already got rid of their pennies so there you go there you go um so but what so when up when one of us will pay for it and then we will use more often than not it's venmo to pay each other back because i've never even heard of that you've never heard of it well it's a i i didn't like it at first because it is for some reason has a social aspect to it oh that's dumb oh it's okay so i have it set myself so that only me and the person who i'm paying or is paying me is able to see any of the transactions that i make but most people don't have that setting and you can see every transaction that everyone else makes why Um, that's a little scary i mean it doesn't it does not give the amount but so it just said jimmy paid joey and joey paid billy and whatever and but you're required to have a description no boy so every single time yeah joey paid uh jill and jill paid fred and so forth and so on you have this enormous feed with all of those things so i turned that off and made everything private and that's the reason that i hated it to begin with was for that reason yep um but it's actually a, it's a paypal property i don't think it was started um by paypal but paypal now owns it so interesting and how do you how is money accessed and such there do you have to put your bank account information in and all that stuff or what so you can put a credit card in you can put a debit card in but they will charge a surcharge for every time that you use a credit or debit card if you put your bank account onto it um which for a long time i wasn't able to do because I switched to a fully online bank and it just took a while for them to play nice with each other. Right. Um, but if you have your bank account attached, they don't charge a surcharge, which is why this has become so popular. So kind of like PayPal, actually, then. Right. Um, so what... And then you'll uh, you have like a local balance, just like on PayPal, that you can pay or receive money into, um, but and then transfer it back to your bank account if you don't want to have a balance sitting in this uh, virtual land. Right. Um. So there's that, and that, and and what I thought was really strange or interesting or whatever you want to call it, is that once this became popular popularized through venmo um everyone wanted to have a part of it and i guess the whole thing is data tracking i mean that must be how they're making their money um because then facebook and snapchat wanted a part of it so you can actually pay friends through snapchat messenger or through snapchat messenger did i say snapchat twice I won't tell you that you did. Facebook and Snapchat is what I meant to say <laughs> if I said Snapchat twice. Um, and I, I can't even fathom wanting to put my bank account information to, into either of those services. I don't. I didn't even want to put my address on either of those. <laughs> well, one of them specifically, but. Oy. Yeah. So, but that's a thing. Um, I don't think that anyone uses it. Uh, they're probably, I mean, Facebook is famous for ripping off other services and trying to make it popular within their own service. I mean, right. 
Facebook Messenger has essentially become a ripoff of Snapchat in a lot of ways, and Instagram takes a lot of things from Snapchat in a lot of ways. So, I mean, I guess uh, mockery is the greatest form of flattery, isn't it? Something like that. Something like that. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, again, we can definitely get into a whole thing about Bitcoin one day. Um, that is a really interesting topic in and of itself and has a whole history that we could get into. Um, because it doesn't use... It doesn't really... It's its own currency. It's not just a payment system. It is its own currency that right. uses its own... Uh, I don't want to call it a banking system because it's decentralized. Um, but again, we'll go into that it's another own, day. It, its own transferring method or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, we'll, we'll go into that another time. We're already way over uh, the normal length. I told you it was going to go over. Um, so <laughs> if you if you've made it to this point, God bless you. Um, thank you so much for joining us and going all the way to this point in the podcast with us. Um, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Um, and uh, don't forget to send us your feedback to at Techus Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can send it to me at It's Shivi. Uh, Jeff. You can send it to me at Guido T42. Guido T42. Um, and you can email us if you don't want it to be public. You can send it to Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Bye bye.